Good morning, church. Well done for making it. Thank you so much for coming this morning. It would have been boring preaching to myself. I say preaching to myself because I can see myself on that screen there. We've got another screen that we've uh, put in just so that those that are leading worship and speaking can kind of like see slides and things like that. So it does feel like I'm preaching to myself, but thanks. thank you for joining us. And if you're new and you're visiting and uh, you're not uh, regular here, thank you as well from wherever you've traveled from. And if you're from a different church, um, please send our love back to um, that church. It was brilliant, by the way, just, um, you know, if you didn't get here till 10, 15, 10, 30, there was a a small group of people shoveling um, snow and putting salt out on all the different driveways and things and clearing stuff so kids and families can get in. So can we just give a thank you to the team? Um, really, really great. And um, just want to mention a couple of things um, just very quickly. Um, but that is that um, as part of the bookstore um, that we've got and um, this great team of people, um, Jenny Harris that oversees that, we've, we've added like a children's section. So there are some really great children's books, um, children's Bibles, children's devotions there. Please, if you've not been and had a look, go and have a look. And there's some brilliant kind of Christmas sort of story books, um, you know, that could be great presents or um, either for your own children or for your um, grandchildren or aunties or uh, nieces or whatever. Maybe your auntie as well. Depends how old they are and what age of stage they're at of reading. Who knows? Anyway, um, it's been a great week um, here in Trinity. If you've not been around, we had. Uh, it's been a busy week for the operations team. We've had um, Holy Trinity School we're in, having their Christmas um, carols. And then on Thursday, we had the Alpha Christmas meal. We had um, 50 guests that came to the Alpha Christmas meal. So thank you if you were one um, that brought one. But thank you as well if you were invited. And even if your friend said no, just thank you for being a part of that inviting culture that we want to try and grow in as a church. And then um, on Friday night, there was the Advent Create. Great evening to Nikki. Thank you, Nikki and the team, and Michelle Dearman and others. Um, people that just, um, Zoe was running, making orange pomandas. Um, you didn't bring one home, darling. I know, I feel, I feel like we're missing out. And, um, and um, neither have we got a Christmas wreath because Zoe was doing the table. Anyway, uh, ladies, it was a great evening. And then last night in here, there was a silent disco with the youth. And um, so well done to Vicky and Mike and the team. It was brilliant, really great to sort of have all these party gathering um, events. Because we're in this time of Advent, aren't we? We're in this time of waiting. We're in this time of expectation as we prepare for Christmas. Hope you're preparing um, yourself in some way and taking time to wait and to listen in your own devotional life, however that looks. Um, waiting for the Christ child, waiting on um, all that that means for us. So we're going to dig in. If you've got a Bible, turn to the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. And we're going to look at um, Isaiah um, this morning. If you need a Bible, there are some down here at the front. But just a little bit of background to the book of Isaiah. 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah is writing. 700 years he's writing before Jesus returns. And he's prophesying in quite a bit of detail in some elements of his prophetic message to the people of God about the coming Messiah, the royal king. And he's not only prophesying about the arrival of the king, but also about what that, the ministry of this promised Messiah will look like. And this morning, we're going to dig into Isaiah chapter 9. Um, and without doubt, most commentators would say this is, you know, Isaiah is prophesying about the Messiah. Isaiah is prophesying about King Jesus and specifically about his coming and then the effects of his arrival. 
And this morning we're going to look at that. And um, just uh, by way of introduction, when um, Zoe and I found out we were pregnant, let's say we were pregnant, Zoe was pregnant. (laughs) I know it looks, I could lose a bit, but um, I've already been, I had a one Christmas meal. Um, But when we found out that we were uh, expecting our little boy, um, we started to plan and prepare and, and we started to read articles and listen to a few podcasts and things in, in sort of preparation. And, you know, some parents would give us some advice. Um, some parents would sort of giggle. Um, some parents would sort of like, ooh. And um, nothing could have prepared us um, for the arrival other than the arrival of Jacob when he arrived on the 31st of October 2015. And it was really only after he arrived that the impact of his arrival became a reality. Um, And it still is. It's as he arrived, the impact started to take effect in our family life. And it's the same with Jesus. It's when he arrives into our life, that impact starts to take shape, doesn't it? So Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 to 7. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled um, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the Gentiles by the way of the sea along the Jordan. The people walking in darkness, have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, Every warrior's boots used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I want to invite Charlie. Where's Charlie? Charlie, come and join me. Why don't you welcome Charlie, if you don't know Charlie. This is Charlie, who's one of our amazing interns. And um, just a couple of weeks ago, you, um, you can hold that if you want. Can I? Yeah, yeah, you can. Sick. I know, yeah. Yeah, but you need to kind of hold it there so people can hear. That's great. Excellent. Okay. Now, I, uh, Charlie, you've, uh, you came on the internship here, um, and you're growing in your faith in Jesus. You're helping out with our youth. And thank you last night for the silent disco. You were, you know, breaking in out some moves. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they were fresh. Yep. Yeah, good. Um, and uh, I'm learning the youth lingo. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but you weren't always a Christian. No. Um, tell us a little bit just about what was your life like before you encountered Jesus? Okay, so before I encountered Jesus, um, 
I went to like a normal school, like you know, a normal person. But some things had gone a bit wrong when I was younger, so it meant that my behaviour was quite bad as I started to grow up. So when I was 13, uh, my parents decided to send me to boarding school, like which is you know what actually happens in the world. Um, but it was actually a really great opportunity for me. Um, when I first got there, I was quite naughty still because I didn't really care and didn't really know about what life really meant. So um, Kingham was a Christian school. I don't know if any of you have heard about it, but I ended up at Kingham. And I used to be quite cheeky, so like Vicky Heath, I locked in an office because I thought it was funny. Um, I was a bit of a joker. Not funny for anyone else, but for me it was great. Um, <laughs> so that's before, really, and I just really wasn't very well behaved and quite cheeky. And, and then you're, you're here, you're a follower of Jesus. How did that happen? So... Um, in, when I was in year 10, I was going, like, doing my GCSEs, like, preparing for them. And the Heath family said to me, um, yeah, look, your grades aren't going very well. And other teachers at school also said this. And they were like, look, you're not going to pass your GCSEs. You need to look at other sick, like, sick forms, like, other schools, because, like, you know, you're not really going anywhere. Which is kind of, like, hurtful to hear. But the Heath family were like, why don't you come along to New Wine? And I was there like, oh, gosh, a week of Christianity. That's totally not for me. Um... <laughs> which is now completely different. But, um, <laughs> but um, so I went along to New Wine, and on my first night there, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, which was pretty crazy. I had a really weird twitch in my foot that then was, like, crazy, and then I just, like, gave my life to Jesus, and I was just like, wow, what is this? Like, pretty crazy. Um, and then since that, I went back to Kingham. I got put in a room of my own, so separated from all of my friends, which was kind of sad, but really good. Um, in 2015, I sat my GCSEs and got three A's, two B's, and this summer I sat my A-levels and got the equivalent of three A-stars and two B's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, God's quite good. So that's quite a turnaround, isn't it? Yep. And what do you put that turnaround down to? God, like, the fact he, like, came alongside me and was like, sup, dude, it's okay, we all make mistakes. Mm. Um, we can learn and we'll do it together like we'll go to school and we'll work hard and we'll get those grades because you deserve them yeah. and like I feel like he was the only person despite me not knowing him who actually believed in me and said look we can do this like don't be afraid like mm. be strong and courageous is like such a good verse cause it's like keep going even when everyone else says you can't do it like someone's rooting for you and that's yeah. definitely God for me yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is amazing. It yeah. is amazing. And we think you're amazing. And thank you. Thank you so much for just coming and sharing a bit, little bit part of your story. Sick. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Charlie's great. She really is. And, um, but what an amazing impact of the story of Jesus in Charlie's life, totally turning her life around. And that's what I want to sort of talk about a little bit about this morning, because I think what we see in Isaiah, the arrival of King Jesus, is a turnaround. God is in the business of turning things around. God is a God of reversals. And, um, you know, it's wonderful, I think, that actually, you know, that for Charlie, part of that turnaround was in education. You know, God cares about the education of our children. God cares about um, the education of, of Charlie. And for her, there were, there's been a whole load of other things that I know have changed and she, that she's been journeying in um, as a follower of Jesus. But, but as she welcomed King Jesus in, the impact has been huge. And that's Charlie's story. And of course, we've all got a story, haven't we? 
You've got a story. I imagine that I could probably invite everybody up uh, this morning to come and say a little bit about your story. What's the story of how Jesus has impacted your life? How Jesus has maybe turned around your life? Maybe you're in a place where you still feel that you want Jesus to turn your life around. So Charlie's, what God has done in Charlie's life is amazing. And what God has done in your life, what God has done in my life is amazing. And what God has done in the people of God and in Israel is incredible as we look in Isaiah chapter 9. Just a, another little bit, a little bit of background just to put some pictures together. We've recently just finished, haven't we, um, the Micah 6, 8 um, teaching series. What does the Lord require of you, O mortal? What does the Lord require of you, Trinity, to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly? And Micah was prophesying um, to the people of God in the southern kingdom at the same time that Isaiah was prophesying in the northern part of the kingdom. And at the same time that Micah was prophesying to a rebellious people, the judgment of God, Isaiah is prophesying in the northern kingdom to the people of God who are also rebellious. They've turned their back on God and he's prophesying judgment. And the judgment for the people of Israel is that Assyria is lying at the door. Assyria is waiting for, for, for instructions and they are God's vehicle, God's agent for judgment, for judgment to be poured out on the people. And right at the end of Isaiah chapter 7 and 8, um, um, there's quite a lot of language of judgment if you look in your Bibles. And then right at the end of verse, um, of, of verse 22, of the end of chapter 8, we read this. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. That's how Isaiah finishes chapter 8, that the people of God are going to be thrust into utter darkness. But just with one word in verse 1 of chapter 9, nevertheless, nevertheless, and in, just from that word, Isaiah begins to prophesy that the gloom of darkness over the earth um, is going to change because an the advent, the arrival, the light has dawned is some of the language of Isaiah. The great light is coming into the world. Nevertheless. I mean, how true to the character of God. That God doesn't, it's not God's desire, it's not God's heart to leave us in darkness. But that his light will break in to the people of God. I don't know where you are in your journey of faith this morning, but it's God's desire, it's God's heart for his light to break into every area of your life. You might feel that there are elements that are, that are darker or seem more gloomy, gloomier than, than, than others, but it's God's heart, it's God's desire for his light to break in. It's his desire to break into Cheltenham. It's his desire to, for his light to break in in this nation and the nations. Isn't that what God wants to do in and through us? That whilst he breaks his light into us, he also wants to break his light through us into the nation. God is the God of nevertheless, of turning circumstances around. If 
depending on what situation you find yourself in today. God wants to turn your life around. God might want to turn you know, something in your life at the moment that you might not feel is going the way that God might want to, to take it, but God wants to turn it around as we welcome his presence, as we welcome the king in afresh this Christmas. I wonder if you've encountered some nevertheless experiences, whether you've had some nevertheless moments where God has broken in. Maybe you've been in a situation where, you know, um, maybe it's that a loved one has passed away. But God sent someone to come and draw near and to bring comfort as a nevertheless moment. Maybe in your marriage or in a relationship, a key relationship in your life, you've been thinking, I'm not sure where this is going to go and if this is going to end. But God broke in and nevertheless moment and turned things around. Maybe through prayer, maybe through counseling, maybe through the wisdom of others. Those relationships have been restored. Nevertheless moments. Maybe it was in your finances. You know, we're seeing God do some remarkable things in the finances and the life of this church. God has is, God is, God is got a great plan for the life of this church. And we're seeing that in some of the ways that he's blessing us together as we respond to the needs of the life of this church. We had a nevertheless moment as a family a couple of weeks ago. Um, having had a bit, a bit of a holiday in the summer in July, we were trying to figure out, um, um, I was trying to figure out um, particularly how we, we were going to get through Christmas without a bit of a break. And we, I, I knew, Zoe and I, we both knew we needed a bit, a bit of a break. And um, just through a conversation um, with, with someone, someone made available to us a, a house just down in Cornwall, which we absolutely love. It's our kind of go-to place as a family. Um, which um, we just had to pay for um, the electricity on it um, for, uh, for five days, which was a, a, an incredible gift as, as, it were, uh, as it was. But then just um, randomly, someone um, in this family actually um, gave us a, a, a card with an envelope, and, and in it was some money. And that paid for our transport, our fuel, and our food for the week. And God really blessed us. It was one of those nevertheless moments, because we've been trying to think, well, uh, you know, with our finances, how are we going to save up for Christmas and all those kind of things? And um, it was just one of those nevertheless moments, and we're eternally grateful um, for this to to people in this in this in this church and this family that have blessed us in that way. Maybe you've had similar stories, similar examples of God breaking in as we pray and as we seek Him. God is in the business of turning things around, and in this prophecy in Isaiah, God says, He says, "I'm going to turn the darkness." into light. Instead of shame, there'll be honor. Instead of death, there'll be life. Instead of loss, because they were dwindling in numbers as a people, there's going to be multiplication. Instead of anguish and grief, there's going to be joy. Instead of war, there's going to be peace. I love that word that Rosie shared this morning, peace. I wonder if you're someone that you just know you need that sense of God's peace this morning in your life. Eternal peace. Instead of slavery, freedom, and instead of defeat, Victory. God is in the business of great reversals. How does he do it? He does it when to the different degrees and the different levels as God peels off the different layers in our lives that are perhaps barriers to him, we welcome him in. We welcome the king in. I wonder if you've um, ever thought of Jesus as king. 
I know we talk as, I know we sing songs of Jesus as king, but I just wonder sometimes whether we forget that we are in the presence of his royal highness. The king is in the room. King Jesus is here today. He is the royal one. He is the one who sits on his throne. Yes, he's to be worshipped and adored. But as we read in this prophetic word, this message to the people of God, which is a message of hope, that even though their circumstances presently are gloomy, they're dark, they're not looking great, but the king is coming. You know, I love that account in the C.S. Lewis's story of um, Aslan. When those words come out, Aslan is on the move. The king is coming. The king is coming. It's his desire to come to you afresh this morning. And whatever your circumstances are, whatever my circumstances are, will we welcome in the king? Just a couple of days ago, Sorry to tell another parent's story, but um, just a couple of days ago, um, I came home um, from work, and um, uh, as, a, as a family, um, Zoe's absolutely lovely with Jacob. When I, when I get in the car and, and I come to work, I come to the office at Trinity, Jacob comes to the door and he says goodbye, and it's, you know, it, it's great, it's really nice, he, he waves goodbye as I get in the car and, uh, and drive. And, but then the other day, I, I came, came home, and it, was a, it, was, it had been a cold night and I came in the house like hit, hit me with the heat and as I opened the door um, he, Jacob could hear the key and uh, we've got a, like an, an L-shaped kind of like a corridor house with a, a back room and as I opened the door Jacob came running round the corner he was like daddy 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 and it was the best it was so the best if you're a parent um, you understand that it was just the best And that's been kind of like weighing on me a little bit this morning. I'm just thinking, is that the way that I welcome King Jesus? I'm not saying that I'm a king, by the way. But, you know, know, is that the way I welcome my father? You know, am I like the little child who Jesus said, let the children come to me? Am I like a little child welcoming my daddy, my heavenly father, King Jesus, into my day into my life. God is the God of great reversals and he does it in verse 6 when we read this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The child has been given for us. Jesus has been sent by the Father for us. Yes, 2,000 years ago, the arrival, he came. He still comes to us today. The Son comes to us still today when we welcome him in. So how might we welcome him in? One of the things that Isaiah prophesies is about the rule and the reign of King Jesus. That there will be no end to his kingdom. That he will have all dominion, all authority. You know, there is, no, there is no kingdom greater than King Jesus. We're a church 
aren't we here? We, we talk a lot about the kingdom of God. We believe the New Testament and that Jesus came to inaugurate, to begin and to establish God's rule and God's reign in the world. And of course, God's rule and God's reign happens first in us when we invite and we welcome him in. What does it mean for us to invite the rule and the reign of God into our life? I think it's on a daily basis. You know, I do love um, the, some of the liturgy. Um, well, I say love. That's probably a strong word. I do like some of the liturgy in the Church of England. <laughs> um, I particularly love Jesus' prayer. I love Jesus' prayer. I love the Lord's prayer. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. You know, that's one of the prayers that I try to pray as a habit on a regular basis, daily basis actually. Your kingdom come. What does it mean for the rule and the reign of God to come into my life, to come into your life on a daily basis? What does it mean for God to rule in your marriage? What does that look like? I love that we've got some courses coming up on marriage and how to, particularly the love that like last one, the love that last marriage course about how to grow in communication, how to grow as, as married couples. We all need that if you're, if, you're, if you're married here today. And yes, of course, sadly, the restored lives for those that have experienced brokenness and want to en- encounter healing and wholeness. Um, th- that's important as well. But what does it mean for God's rule and reign in your marriage if you're married here today? What does it mean in terms of the thoughts and the attitudes that you have to your spouse? What does it mean to invite God to rule and to reign over your communication as a married couple? What does it mean for God's rule and God's reign to be in your workplace? Whether your workplace is actually at home with, with children because you're, a, you're, a, you're, a, you're, a, you're the primary care of your children at home, whether you're a mum or dad. What does it mean for God's rule and God's reign in that um, environment of family life at home? What does it mean if, you're, um, if you work at GCHQ? What does it mean? I had privilege. I went into GCHQ on Thursday to the Christian Fellowship and to um, just, uh, they'd invited me to come and share um, a bit of a Christmas message. And it was incredible. It's amazing the opportunities that Christians have in that place to witness to the rule and the reign of God. What does it mean for those that work at GCHQ to see the rule and the reign of God to come in that place? What does it mean for the rule and the reign for God to come in your um, marketing business or at um, Gloucester Royal Hospital if you work there or, or, or if you're a, you're a GP or if you're a writer at home writing, writing blogs and, 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 and you know, writing? In, what does it mean for God to use you to advance the kingdom of God? What does it mean for the rule and the reign of God in those places? What does it mean to surrender, I think, our rule, our rule and reign? Because that's what we do when we become followers of Jesus. When we become faithful followers, we surrender. And of course, that surrendering is on a daily basis, I think. You know, someone once said the thing about um, um, sacrifices is that they often keep getting off the altar, um, which is that image of, um, of you know, Isaac being, um, you know, surrendered, um, 
you know, um, to God in sacrifice. You know, what, what does it mean for us to sacrifice our, our day and our life to God on a daily basis? I think sometimes we try to take it back. We try to take back control of our lives. We try to take ourselves off the altar, as it were. When actually on a daily basis, maybe our prayer ought to be, I suggest, come Lord Jesus, use me, I surrender my life to you, I give everything to you for your glory. And then Isaiah moves on and he prophesies what it looks like, I think, in the person and the life of Jesus when he uses this word, these words, that he will be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. What does it mean for you today? What does it mean for you tomorrow to welcome in the wonderful counselor? It's God's heart, it's God's desire to give you guidance and wisdom. It's not just any guidance and wisdom. It's divine wisdom. It's divine inspiration. It's divine imagination. You know, if you're thinking some things through as a family, if you're thinking some things through as an individual in your workplace, what does it mean to invite God's counsel, his wondrous, amazing, divine counsel into your life? What does it mean to invite the power of mighty God into your daily life? What does it mean to invite you know, God's strength? Not to rely on our own strength. I love those words of the prophet Zechariah to Zerubbabel. You know, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. What does it mean to invite God's spirit into our daily situations, into our daily lives, into our daily conversations, so that we are a naturally supernatural people? That's one of the things we believe here as a church. God is calling us to be naturally supernatural. Our natural bias, I think, for so many of us is to settle into the natural. Well, when, when we were given the new creation, we are learning to be what it means to be supernatural because we're created in the image of God who is supernatural. What it means to have revelation in the workplace, divine revelation, prophetic words, words of knowledge for people in our workplaces, um, on the school gate, um, with, um, with our neighbor across the, fr- the fence. Maybe not today, it's snowing, but you know, in the summer, whatever. What does it mean to, to live in the supernatural realms of God in our daily life as followers of Jesus? The mighty God who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing um, all and can change all situations. He is the God of the impossible. We believe that, don't we, church? I hope you're seeing it in your daily life. Do we know the mighty God? And what does it mean to know the everlasting Father? Now, it's important to know that when Isaiah is prophesying this, he's not saying that Jesus is the Father. What he's saying is that, that Jesus is like a Father who protects a father who guides, a father who watches over his children. Jesus is, has those attributes of the perfect heavenly father. Why? Because he's, he cannot not be connected to our perfect heavenly father because the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit are in total unity in love and in power. I love the fact that when we think of the power of God, you cannot separate the power of God from his love and nor can we separate the love of God from his power. 
They're intrinsically connected. They're intrinsically in union with each other, in total unity. And what does it mean to invite the Prince of Peace? Are you someone that today, you feel everything but peaceful? You know, in the busyness of Christmas, in the busyness of family life, you know, juggling children going to school, juggling children going to, you know, um, performances, I guess, at Christmas, you know, nativity things, this party, that party. I imagine we're not there yet um, with, with, with Jacob, but I imagine if you've got a number of children, you are going from one place to the other, particularly in this season. And of course, they're all important things. But within it, are we discovering the peace and the presence of Jesus Christ in the midst of all our business? What does it mean on a daily basis for us to invite the rule and the reign of King Jesus, whose kingdom will never end? You know, I love um, um, the words of um, Philippians 2 when um, Paul talks about the, the, the beginnings of Jesus and the humility of Jesus coming um, in humble beginnings. But then he says in Philippians 2 that, that God will raise him up. God will exalt him to the highest place. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I think Christians are some of the smartest people on the face of the planet. Because they've acknowledged and they've come to the realization through, the, through an openness to the presence of God that Jesus is Lord and they have surrendered. And they have bowed the knee to his lordship, his kingship and his rule and his reign and his authority in his life. And we need to be praying for other people in our town and in our cities to have that same revelation that we've encountered. Because there will come a time at his deciding moment when every knee will bow. If you're a Christian here today, you've already made that decision. But as I've said, I think it's a daily decision that we continue to bow the knee to Jesus. Will we welcome King Jesus in? Not just at Christmas, but today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every day is a, is a day of invitation I want to encourage us this week to um, maybe take one of these themes of, um, of wonderful counsel and mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace this week. Maybe just on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or whichever day, just take one of those themes and in your working day, whatever it looks like, maybe to pause and to say, mighty God come, mighty God come. Everlasting Father, come. If you're any, anybody like me, I, I need those reminders. Maybe it's good to put a reminder on your phone, 9 o'clock, um, 12 noon, and say kind of like 5 o'clock or whatever time works for you, but maybe two or three times in the day just to stop, to pause, and to say, Everlasting Father, come. Prince of Peace, come. Mighty God, wonderful counselor, come into this situation so that I welcome you into my day. If we don't, live intentional lives with intentionality following Jesus, we will drift. And it's very easy to drift in the Christian journey. It's very easy to 
sort of slip off the side of the road sometimes. My prayer for us this Christmas, as a family, we will keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and that we will welcome him in. Let's stand. have some time before we need to pick children up we don't need to go and pick children up for another five minutes so let's just be still for a moment I invite you to um, maybe close your eyes maybe to hold out your hands as a posture of welcome I've mentioned a couple of areas this morning that we might welcome King Jesus in. I wonder, is there an area of your life, you know, having welcomed him into your heart, are there areas of your life that you could just do with welcoming King Jesus into today? Has the Holy Spirit just pinpointed a particular area for you? If he has, I just encourage you to respond in a moment. Holy Spirit, we welcome your presence. Come afresh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we need you. We need you, Lord. the Holy Spirit speaking to you this morning about where he longs to come in and do a work maybe it's your work life maybe your work life feels out of control and you need the wisdom of God and you need his peace, his presence maybe it's your marriage family feels a little bit chaotic at the moment and you just know you need the presence of Jesus to come maybe it's in your thought life Holy Spirit come I just encourage you in this moment if you know the Lord is speaking to you about a particular area of your own life that you need to you know today you need to welcome him, invite him into that place. I want to invite you just to come now. Just come to the front that we might pray for you. That we might pray a prayer of blessing over you. Just come. If you know you just need to invite the presence of God into an area of your life that feels that it's out of kilter, just come. In a minute, I, I, I think... I. I'll share a couple of words of knowledge for healing. But if you know you need to respond to that prophetic word of peace, you know you need God's sense of peace in your life. The reality of the peace of God. Then just come. Got one or two people to come and pray. That would be great. Thank you.
welcome you, King Jesus. We welcome you, King Jesus. I encourage you not to rush away from the Lord in this moment if he's speaking to you. You know, just as the music play, plays, I just pray the peace of God just come. The Holy Spirit just move where you're standing, where you're sitting, wherever. Welcome the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. I think um, maybe for someone here, you've got Reynard's disease. That's that thing when your hands get cold and it's, you can't, the, the circulation, if that's you, we'd love to pray for that if you've got Reynard's disease. Just sense the Lord prompting the word of knowledge for that. Just come if that's you. Just uh, tell the person that's praying for you. I think as well, someone's been having um, um, a real, I can only describe it as an itch in the right eye. There's an irritation in your right eye. You're not really sure what it is. You've been wondering if you get it checked out. But there's this constant um, itching that's been um, going in your right eye. If that's you, you want to pray for that, just come. Can I a couple more people to come and pray. That'd be fab. And um, I think as well, um, I think some um, eczema um, um, has been flaring up for you. It's something that you that you've been living with for many years. But if you're someone that um, you know, eczema is one of those things that, particularly this time of year, flares up. Um, would love to pray for you as well that the Lord would reduce that and actually the Lord would cause that eczema to, to go and to not be an issue for you in your life if that's you want to pray for healing for that if you're here this morning you're sick or unwell you'd like prayer for anything then uh, don't leave today without being prayed for someone who's going to give a final prayer of blessing. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that, King Jesus, you've come and you continue to come. You're coming still. Your kingdom is established and your kingdom is being established in our hearts and in our lives as we give ourselves over to you on a daily basis. Help us to live that out this week. Help us to walk in the light of the fact that you have come and you are coming. And may the blessing of God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon each and every one of us now and forevermore. Amen. We're going to continue to pray here at the front, inviting God's Spirit to come. If you want to sit, kneel and pray where you are, that's great. Tea and coffee is being served. Um, please watch out on social media. Um, we might send a, a church suite email out as well. Um, so check your emails. We'll let you know about this evening's carol celebrations if it's happening. Um, the Lord bless you as you go. And if, you're, if we're not here together this evening, then um, come and join us next Sunday for All Age Family um, Christmas celebration, 10.30. And then um, for... Um, older teens and adults, 4 o'clock and 7 o'clock next Sunday evening. Lord bless you as you go.